Today we gather to listen to the Word of God and we hear from the Gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter, the 21st verse through the 28th verse. Hear these words. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and they urged him, send her away. For she keeps crying out after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she cried. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God. As I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak this day. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes in life you have conversations that you never forget. Any of you ever had one of those? A conversation you have that you will never forget what was said. I was standing on the porch of a house I was trying to sell in a small town where I lived. It was a small house, maybe 1,500 square feet. And this prominent man in society showed up on my front porch. He could have bought my house with the money that was in his pocket. And we were talking and he said, Barry, you know there's really three people that show up every time you encounter somebody. Kind of looked at him kind of funny and I didn't know where he was going. I was trying to figure out his angle and my mind was going real fast. I knew he was there to talk to me about my house. But Barry, did you know that there's three people that show up every time you encounter somebody? His name was Chuck and I said, yes, Chuck, uh, What is that? And he said, well, there's the person that you want them to see. And then there's the person that they see. But then there's the person that you really are. There's the person that you want them to see. There's the person that they see. And there's the person that you really are. That conversation happened back in 1999. And I can still quote that man. I can see his face. I can smell his cologne. I can remember what it was like. 
to feel the pressure of his presence on my front porch, and I've never forgotten those three lines. Today in the scripture, we find a woman who comes before Jesus, remembering and knowing all three of those lines. She catches Jesus at one of his most tiring moments of his life. One of his most times when he wants to be away from people. Are there times when you just get tired of the grind? That you get tired of trying to love people that don't want to be loved? When you get tired of trying to help people who don't want to be helped? And there's a time you have to walk away. You get, you get tired of the pressure from those who think they know what you're supposed to be doing. They, the, the, those who are in authority and those who want to put pressure on you, wherever you are, whether you're in work, whether you're at school, whether you're at home, whatever. And there's times you want to be away. And we catch Jesus in this gospel of Matthew at a time like that in his life. How do we know? Because it said, leaving that area, the Pharisees from Jerusalem had followed Jesus and were asking Jesus questions to test him. And Jesus was tired of it. It had nothing to do with what his ministry was about. And he left that area and went completely into Gentile area. He didn't go to a safe zone. He went to a zone where he was not really welcome. He was the outsider. He went to a place that most people would call unclean. Those from Israel would call unclean because it was Gentile country. And so he's going, and I, I can imagine how he feels. He's trying to get away. He just wants to be at peace. He needs a little time. But no, there she is. Think about it. Canaanite, woman, right? Gentile. Nobody. Wallflower. Curb holder. Not even that high. Non-existent in society. In ancient times when they looked across society, they didn't see Gentiles and they did not see women. And here she is. Matthew uses her. Just like Mark used a woman. Same situation. Coming to Jesus. Can you imagine what that must have been like? She had heard the rumors. She had heard the gossip. She had heard the stories. She had heard about Jesus. And now here he is in her region. Here he is. She had heard of the feeding of the 5,000 and more. She had heard all the stories of the healing. And here is this man. This man of God. And she has a chance. To go before God. How many of us are willing to do whatever it takes to go before God? She knew that when she went before God, there was going to be the image of who she thought she was. And there was going to be the image of who other people thought she was. But what we saw was the reality of who she is. A child of God, birthed of a human being formed in a mother's womb, breathed into life by God's own self. And there she was in a moment where she could not think of anything but being next to God. How many of us are willing 
to live each moment of our life willing to be next to God. Whatever it takes to reach God. She didn't think about all of her past. There are lots of us in this world who can't be who it is God wants us to be because we can't get past our past. Every time we try to do something, there's a voice in our head that says, oh yeah, you remember you did this? Oh, you remember this person hates you because of this? Do you remember when you cheated on this? Do you remember when you stole this? Do you remember when you betrayed so-and-so? Do you remember what? And we deem ourselves what? What's the magic word? I hear it all the time about, oh, October, November in a church year. I hear this phrase more than any other time of the year. You see, that's the time of year when we as the church body, we put our our governing people in charge and they go and they find new leadership for the church. And do you know what the graceful exit of being asked to serve the church is? Well, gosh, I appreciate the invitation. That's nice of you, but I'm just not worthy. Really? You're not worthy? You know how many times I've heard that in 20-something years? The church bodies gathered together. They've prayed. They've made lists. They've compared their lists. Your name is on more than one list, which is confirmation from God. And you're going to tell me you're not worthy? You're going to tell me we listen to the Holy Spirit? And you're going to tell me the Holy Spirit moved us to ask you to serve in a position? And you're going to say you're not worthy? What if she had said, I'm not worthy that day? What if she had said, oh, my past just keeps me from going anywhere. I've got this ball and chain of a sin that I can't get rid of. What's your story? What are you hanging on to? How come you don't want to be intimate with Jesus? Are you hanging on to something from your past? That you can't forgive yourself for? God deemed you worthy at the cross. God deemed you worthy at the rolled away stone. God deemed you worthy in the person Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. God deemed you worthy. That is not an excuse in your life to be intimate with God, to not be intimate with God. I'm just not a good person. God made you good. You are a good person. But draw yourself closer to Jesus. She had one place she wanted to be. And she did not let her past define who she was going to be in the present. She did not let her past keep her from being where it is she knew she needed to be. Oh yeah, there's the other one. Um, Society doesn't let me go near him. She wasn't worried about what others thought about her. Don't we all worry about what others think about us? How many of you looked in the mirror before you headed out the door today? You worry about what other people think about you. I did the same thing. Before I put this robe on. After I put this robe on. We worry about what people think about us. And you know what that does? Self-judgment. Well, you know... Sarah, she just, you know, she's pretty high and mighty. And if I get around her, you know, I might not meet up to her expectations. Is her name Jesus? Who in your life qualifies who you are? 
So we said your past shouldn't. What about the people you surround yourself with? What about the people you're afraid to face? Oh, I could go into great stories about the church and those who run the church and the powers that be at the church. Church can't do things unless certain people approve it. And I'm not naming this church. I'm telling you, every church in the world has that. Every family has that. Every school has that. Every business has that. Because there's somebody we got to please. There's somebody we got to look just right for. There's the boss, right? There's my best friend. No, my best friend knows me. He doesn't care. But in our lives, there's people that we want to place judgment. We have to have their approval to be who it is we were supposed to be. And they had nothing to do with creating us. Nothing. She decided she was going before Jesus and she said, my past will not hold me from that relationship. And she said, I don't care what society says about me. You're talking about a woman who was lower than the dogs. Gentile woman. Lower than the dogs. Jesus even referred to her in an analogy as a dog. And she said, that will not hold me back. What's holding you back? Is your past holding you back? Are you afraid of what somebody might think that you hang around with? Aunt May up in Illinois? Did you hear that you're close to Jesus now? Why, you could never be that good. You was always drunk. Every time I knew you, you was drunk and crowsing everywhere you went. You can't be preaching the gospel. Ta-da. Right? Our past can't define who we are. The people who we worry about, what they think about us, can't define who we are. There's only one person in the whole world who can define who we are, and that's God. And we're invited to a relationship through Jesus Christ. The the Canaanite woman wanted one thing. She wanted Jesus. She wanted Jesus. Every morning when you get up in the morning and you breathe that first breath, do you want Jesus? Or do you want to go make money? You want to go make friends. You want to go have the most likes on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. What's important to you? What was important to the woman was that she cared enough about her daughter. She didn't care anything about herself. And she was willing to put herself in front of Jesus in spite of what the world thought. And she took the steps to get to where it is she needed to be. How many of us are willing to take the steps to get to the foot of the cross? She was at the foot of the cross and she knew where she was. Lord, her heart's breaking, her heart's ripping out. How many of you have children who've ever been sick? I can't stand it. I can't stand when one of mine's hurting. I can't stand when one of mine's hurting. Their old face gets pale. They don't feel good. They don't want to be out of their bed. Their stomach's hurting. I just can't stand it. And I can't imagine having a daughter who's demon-possessed. And she's been fighting this all ever since she was little. And she just wants some relief. And she makes one decision that we, the people of God, all need to make, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Especially in the middle of a country who's going through racial division. Especially in a country that's facing an election that I promise you is going to split this country. She made one decision on that day, and it's the most important decision she's ever made in her life. 
She threw all the qualifiers away. And she said, today I'm standing in faith. Today I'm standing in faith. How many of us walk in our lives and we stand in faith every day? Before your feet hit the floor. God, I am yours. God, I am yours. Whatever this day holds for me, whatever this day faces, I will face it with you. Because I believe you are the God of all things. I don't care what I have to walk through. I don't care what I have to crawl through. I don't care if people spit on me. I don't care if people call me a dog. Lord Jesus, I'm going to be with you today. Because I'm going to stand in my faith. That's what she did. She stood in her faith. In fact, she was so respectful of being in the presence of God, she didn't stand. She knelt. She knelt. Can you imagine? Jesus gathered around all these Jewish people in the land of the Gentiles. Everybody watching. The crowd gathering, because there's Jesus. And here she comes. Humble. Humble. Henry Nouwen writes in his book on Christian leadership called In the Name of Jesus. That mature faith. He says Jesus defines maturity and faith like this. Being able to be led to places we don't really want to go. Let me say that again. Mature faith is being able to be led to places we don't really want to go. Do you think she wanted to walk through that crowd? Do you think she wanted to present herself a woman, a Gentile woman at the foot of a Jewish rabbi? A Jewish teacher? She was willing to go wherever God took her. She was willing to stand or kneel in her faith. She knew who she was before. And she said one thing. My heart is open. That's what she said. She said, my heart is open. Because I can promise you, her daughter, those of you who are mamas, you have girls, right there. You have boys, right there. Your heart's open as a mama. Because there's nothing more in the world you want than for your child to be healthy and succeed in life. And she knelt in her faith before the Almighty. And she said, my heart is broken, but it's open. Now, I preached a whole sermon on the way Jesus treated her. I preached it last year. He got called on the carpet. This woman had the tenacity to call him on the carpet. When he says, woman, mm -mm. and she said, excuse me, you're of God. And God is bigger than just this very place. Jesus tested her faith, not on purpose, but by redefinition. He tested her faith. Her, her, her faith faced a hurdle. 
And because she had put away all of those things that hold her back, those things that people think about you, those things that you think people think about you, your past, all of those things, she was able to step over that hurdle and kneel before him and continue to say, God, my heart is open. All the can'ts, all the wouldn'ts, all the shouldn'ts, they were all laid aside that day. And she laid herself before God. And God said, I love you. I love you. And if God were acted out in that stage, I can see the Holy Spirit doing this to her. And I wish Jesus, it would say in the Gospel of Matthew, if I would have written this, I would have written it like this. She was kneeling before Jesus who sat at the table. And Jesus said to her, woman, we don't take the children's bread and we throw them to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, I totally understand, but even the dogs will eat the crumbs that are at the master's feet. And at that very moment, I believe this is what God would do. Because this is how God loves us. When we submit ourselves wholly to God, not all those images, not the person people see, not the person you want to be, but when we submit our real person to God, Jesus rose from the table and he extended his hand and he lifted her up and he looked her square in the eye and he held her precious cheeks and he said to her, woman, you of great faith, your daughter has been healed and wrapped his arms around her and said, so has your heart. Now that's the God I believe in. That's the God that I see work in this story. What about you? Every day you get up and you have a choice to worry about your past. You have a choice to worry about what you think others think about you. Or you can get up and claim who you are as a creation of God and you can stand in your faith and you go into the world and you make a difference. And as you make a difference in this world, God heals your heart. This week, when you wake up, your first feet on the ground and you push up off that bed to stand, make sure you stand in faith. Amen and amen.
That Canaanite woman had more faith than 